everybody, and welcome to Listen Money Matters. Only when the tide goes out do you discover who's been swimming naked. My name is Matt, and I'm here, as always, with Andrew. Andrew, how are you, and uh, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm awesome. I'm, I'm very hoppy. I'm drinking a, uh, a single cut from uh, Beersmiths, and it is literally just a picture of a hop with wings on it. And you, you nice. crack the beer, and it immediately wafts. Uh, yeah. Hops. Oh, yeah. Nice. And and it's a five percenter, uh, so it's sessionable for the day. Oh we yeah, have a lot of ground to cover. Yeah. That's true. Um, I am drinking my own beer today. Go on. I am drinking my fifteenth version, my fifteenth attempt at the same beer recipe recipe that I've been making for a year now. Called I'm calling it brunch mm. because it smells and looks like a mimosa. What are the changes uh, is, between last version and this version? Ooh, yeah. it's like a thick. Yeah, uh, it's a creamy, hoppy. It, the beer. look reminded me of uh, I had like a Hoe Garden unfiltered once, and it's yeah. kind of like that. Yeah. Well, this is an IPA. This is a New England IPA or a juicy, hazy IPA, or whatever you want to call it, that I've been working on for a year, and um, it's just different processes. Mm. You know, trying to add water chemicals at different parts of the boiling process and, and adding different hops at different times and just trying to come up with what, and what works. you meticulously document this so that, like... Everything's documented. And do you, yep. do you rate the beer when you taste it to... Yep. Mm. Yeah. It gets super nerdy. <laughs> yeah. I have, like, tasting notes. I have tasting notes written for every single, every How single beer. How might you yeah. leave a tasting note? Do you just say, like, really, really good? A minus. <laughs> no, I... I'll say like, oh, it's you know really bitter. I'll say like what I taste and like the and I also when I when I give it out to friends, like I have a um, people come over and drink it and stuff. I'll remember what they said and write down you what know, they said. You should make feedback cards and make everyone fill one out on the way out because first of all, hilarious, and then yes. you know, like oh, you want to drink my beer for free? <laughs> fill out this they all feedback fi- they fill it out That's and your- in the comments section they just all leave eggplant emojis. <laughs> That's definitely a thing for sure. Uh, but this beer is not sessionable. It is 6.9%. Mm. So it is up there. But yeah, it's delicious. And this is my 15th batch. I have 16 also on tap. That's finished. So that's next. And then I am I currently, over this weekend, brewed 17. Oh, wow. So yeah, I'm probably going to get to 20 before I'm like, I'll never be satisfied. <laughs> but, but anyway. So yeah. Um, our catchphrase comes from our good friend, our best mm. friend, Mr. Warren Buffett. We're real tight. Real tight. I just got the phone with him the other day, and he said, I love your podcast, and I love you. I love your beard. <laughs> and next time I come over, we're doing keg stands. I was like, <laughs> all right. All right, Warren. Uh, today we're talking about recessions. Let's just get to it because uh, – Dude, I'm scared. Well, that's because you you read uh, the notes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I I mean you've kind of been this. You've been the one saying it. Well, and mm. I'll tell you what. I wait real quick. Steph said to me, you know, she's like, I'm really glad that Andrew's back in your life because he's just a good person to have on your side when it comes to just money in mm. general, things like this. You know, like you are sort of like warning. I mean, this is this kind of warning is is out there. Look, we were in the biggest, longest running bull, the bull run of the entire of like in most in and recent the last history. ten years have been amazing. Ever, and the market has done incredibly well. Right. 
So it's like, it's coming. Like, it, everyone knows it's coming. But when is it coming mm. is the question. Well, I could tell you right now, definitively, that I have no idea when it's coming. Okay. I could, I could confidently tell you that. Um, right, but right. We've done a ton of research, and we have a lot of experts who, who, who postulate. Um, and we're going to lay it all out there. And it is not supposed to be to scare. It is more to, to galvanize you to prepare. And I think that even yes. rhymes. Well said. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well said. Exactly. All right. So what's, who's saying what? What's going on? Okay. So uh, people have been talking about a recession for a while this is not like a new thing mm-hmm. obviously with a huge market dip that was perhaps just shy of uh, a bear market or depending on who you ask mm-hmm. in october um yeah long story short about 59 percent of economists are saying that by 2020 we will be in uh-huh. a recession or have had a recession okay. another 22 percent say by 2021, which essentially means that over 80% of economists think that within one to two years from now, so it could be a month, it could be two years, uh, mm-hmm. we will be in a recession. So it's coming. Yeah. And we saw a little indication of that in October. Right, and I think it is... But that's just the, that, but that, that was just the stock market. Did we see that? Because from my understanding, um, I, I don't think that the... That a recession is just the stock market. No, it, it actually right? does. So a bear market is about you know the stock market, but the the market is not the economy. And a recession is about mm-hmm. um, GDP. Uh, uh, What's so, that? I, I mean, I, I know it's I know it stands for gross domestic. Yeah. Product. So it is essentially the sum total of everything that is produced yeah. in a country. And so you know, in this case, we're talking about the U.S. So when you make money in some university through affiliate income yeah. or someone pays less of my matters for ads or, you know, someone gets paid for services rendered, salary, these all add oh. up into the GDP. Okay, got and, it. And uh, just kind of like roll it all together. A recession is when the GDP um, declines for two quarters in a row. So nothing to do with the stock market. The stock market could even be going up, although it likely won't, but the actual amount of goods and services produced by the country will have been declining. Okay, so we're looking at the GDP and not the stock market. If that starts to go down, then that that really means a recession is coming. Right. And and a recession is only if it goes down for six months. Right. So so Hmm. uh or or it's it's the thing is is it's two consecutive quarters so it could be yeah. two really, really bad months that happen to span across two quarters or six generally bad months. You know, it's kind of give or take. Okay, so what's the difference between a recession and a depression? Because I, a recession just sounds like, I mean, six months isn't that Yeah, so, so there's actually huh. – wait, 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 hold on. In 2008, uh-huh. what, what was that? Was that a depression? So – it started out as a recession, but we uh, did not have positive GDP growth for over two years, so it actually became a depression. We didn't know it was a depression oh. essentially until like 2010. We're like, oh wow, this super sucks. And I, oh uh, okay, and so this, all right, so it was sort of a slow declining depression. It wasn't like an instant depression. It was a recession leading right, into a depression. Right, but even if it was some terrible thing, if it only happened for three months. 
just a depression. And, and a tongue-in-cheek quote on this is, a recession is when your neighbor loses their job, and a depression is when you lose your job. Got it. <laughs> All right. Um, and just to kind of like put context on this, because these are names and words that we throw around. I was born yeah. in 1984. You were born in 83. 83. So... Technically, since we've been alive, there have only been three recessions, but we were kids for most of them. And so as adults who are making money, we, me and you, Matt, have only really experienced Mm -hmm. one recession, actually recession, depression combo. Yeah. And I lost my job. (laughs) Yeah. You lost things. And like I lost my job on in December of 2008. So rather like we can't afford to keep you here. So that was, to me, a depression because I lost my job, not my neighbor. Exactly. So right. your depression okay. started sooner than the technical term. <laughs> Almost instantly. <laughs> Just like, they were like, depression for men. Um, and so I, I think that we don't have as much experience in this as I guess the kind of – just a sure. bit. So I want to cover some bases, talk about what people have been talking about, you know, what might yeah. be happening – and then how different yeah. people, whether you're young, middle-aged, old, super old, Matt's age, how to, how to handle mm-hmm. them. Which is so, yeah. somewhere in there. Uh, I, I have a question. I don't know if this is relevant or not. But yesterday, uh, it was you know January, whatever, early January, and we were walking down Pearl Street, which is our like shopping mall, like cool bars and coffee shops and whatever, to go co-working. And I went to my favorite co-working location, which is a coffee shop called The mm-hmm. Cup. And we found out that it was shut down. Really? Yeah, which was literally depressing. I, I was we, – we walked in because the guy was still there. He's like, yeah, we're just giving out free coffee, but we, we're, we're done. Wow. And I was like, oh, my – and I was like kind of like – it was super sad. And then we were walking down the street, and we just noticed like all of these shops closed up, like all mm-hmm. of them. And then we went online later, and we found out that like the rent had gone up by 20% because – because of taxes and people couldn't afford it. And Same thing is happening in Hoboken. But, Our main strip, so much is okay. closing. And I we speculate it's rent. Like people are... It's rent, right. But is that related to like... Is something... Should I be worried about that? I feel like that's like a lot of shops are closing. Is it just like the nature of business? Or is that some sort of, you know, sign of... I think there's like two ways to look at it. Because... Um, yeah. There are businesses that just didn't have a good business plan. They didn't have a good approach. Sure. They didn't do the math. So they went into business because, look, this is – And they weren't prepared for the right, shitty this, days. This is the they rent were, in, they, yeah. in Boulder or Hoboken for a yeah. ground floor mm-hmm. main area place and you just didn't calculate it. And then perhaps another way to look at it is that they did do the math, but the, the purchase volume was just much lower yeah, than them. expected. Um, or maybe yeah. they were doing fine and it's dropped. And, and what often happens is the spending recedes before we notice, you know. Yeah. It's just it, – it, and that's what they said. It said they said a lack of foot traffic mm-hmm. um, was part of it plus the rent and stuff. But uh, I'm just wondering – I saw so many happen and you're seeing so many happen. You know, I guess it's is – it, is it a sign? You know, it could be. And, and it could even be tied to the, the core crux of the episode, which is debt. Um, mm. Because often these like store owners, they, they have to take on debt to renovate the inside of the place, 
um, Which, maybe yeah. cover the rent, pay employees. And mm-hmm. a year or two ago, debt was like, I mean, it was like basically free. It was like nothing percent. Mm-hmm. And it has been climbing up. Um, the, the rates have been increasing. And so it could have been that they were able to handle the load before. And there was a turning point and they, they can't anymore. Maybe not all that different right. from mortgages back in 2008. People were able to afford right. it when there were no payments. <laughs> so we're in a site. So we're we're at the top end of the roller coaster. We're about to go. You know what I mean? Is that is that right? Like we're about to peak as we're coming down because it's it's a, it goes in cycles. Yeah, so it definitely does. Um, it's like up and down all the time. So my uh, hero and spirit animal Ray Dalio, um, and, and we've talked about mm-hmm. him many times. Love that video. Uh, so he has this video called the Economic Machine. Uh, and and if you are interested in how the economy works, understanding just yeah, macro right. long-term yeah. debt cycle, short-term, just how it all kind of comes together. It's a 30-minute animated video. Um, he he does the voiceover on it. Mind-blowing. Best yeah. 30 minutes you'll ever spend. This yeah. guy was – he predicted 2008, da-da-da, runs the biggest hedge fund in the world. And, a, and in February of 2018, he said that we were about two years away from recession, he, or so he believes. Okay. That was about okay. a year ago, which would mean mm-hmm. that he is speculating end of 2019, 2020, yeah. that we will be in a recession, roughly corresponding with a lot of other smart econ- economist type people. Okay. So uh, a recession <laughs> in this case, they're saying the word re- they're saying the word recession, which means that your neighbor's going to lose mm-hmm. their job. Right, so uh, you could also be someone's neighbor. A... <laughs> okay, <laughs> fair, fair. Uh, and we're and you said in the beginning of this episode that we're not trying to strike fear into anyone right now. We don't want you panicking. We don't want you pulling out uh, money from whatever. This is why we're calling we it talk the fire about... drill because well, okay. you know October was a scare. You know, perhaps bring a bit of yep. reality. We. Are, things are fine right now, and if we start sure. preparing and thinking about how things might fail in our own personal finances, uh, mm-hmm. if bad things do happen, maybe they don't have to be end of times for us. They could be inconvenient. Okay. okay. Uh, in your perspective, is there anything that I can do or you can do as a general consumer with an internet connection to look out – what to look out for – um, as far as like, are we kind of going on the downslope? Because you said the stock market is not the mm. economy, right? So I'll look at Betterman, I'll look at stocks or whatever, and or I'll hear I hear about like, oh, the stock market tanked today, and then I hear the next day it's like it went up by a thousand points, the highest Dow Jones ever, and I'm like, well, what the fuck does that mean? So, so I have something. But what should I really I, be looking? I, at? I have an interesting anecdote for this because I don't okay. think that there really is anything that you can look at. And if you try to predict it, you're going to predict it wrong. And so there's this Mm. chart um, that we're going to include in the show notes. uh, And I I encourage you to take a look. But basically, it has like the top, I think, about 14 quarters that had the worst performance. Like um, September 2002, that quarter, the market lost 17.3%. And then mm-hmm. there are columns, the performance a year afterwards, three years, five years. And what tends to be the case 
is after a terrible quarter, the market does really, really good. It rebounds. Right. Really strong. And so people that yeah. see this indication of poor performance and act on it Buy. are actually right. the ones that are screwed. Because the only way you wouldn't be screwed is if you took the action before it happens. Afterward, it's, sure. it's too late. So we're not going to try and predict. We're going to try and make decisions going forward that will uh, be better for us, help us weather a storm. All right. Let's do that. Mm-hmm. Let's take a break first. Uh, okay. No. Unless you want to oh, Okay, so I want to talk say. about the debt problem a little bit. All right. Okay, tell okay. me about it. So um, at the turn of the century, in like 2000, uh, the world uh-huh. had about $84 trillion in debt. It's like a lot of debt, right? But, I mean, yeah. it's, it's yeah, the it world, like so, you know, whatever. Yeah, sure. The whole world, the whole not world. just the U.S. So you as – Who's that debt to? <laughs> it, it's to everyone, <laughs> right? The go- okay. governments, businesses, households. Sure. And, All right. So it's just debt to each other. Right. And then uh, – It's not like just like one guy on a pyramid. Like, <laughs> you owe me $84 trillion. Yeah, that's, that's Warren Buffett. Everyone is basically that's owes Warren him. Buffett up there, yeah. Um, okay. And uh, at 2008, at the peak, right before everything toppled, mm-hmm. uh, the world had $173 mm-hmm. trillion dollars in debt. Um, and now obviously okay. there's growth in there. Like the, the world – G- world's GDP grows, so it is not mm. as terrible as it sounds, but it was certainly a lot, and it was certainly terrible, and we didn't just have a yeah. recession. We had a depression as a result. In 2008. Right. Now, we're about 10 years later, um, mm-hmm. and you know, you'd think that a lot of this would kind of have reduced itself and we would learn lessons, but actually, uh, we're at about $250 trillion in debt right now. Oh my God, that doubled very fast. <laughs> so, so it's about forty-four percent higher. But if you account for GDP growth, like it can't be that bad. It's twenty-eight percent higher. And so, right now, global debt is twenty-eight percent worse than it was at the last time. It was the worst ever. Fuck. <laughs> but um, it's not. Uh, it's not financial institutions. You know, like J.P. Morgan Chase okay. or whatever, they're in better shape than they've ever been. The lowest amounts of debt. Okay. Um, it's you know, in households like you and me have generally reduced mm-hmm. our debt over time, and so you know, okay. more people aren't getting mortgages, so they can't. You know. Right. Yeah. I, oh, I do know that. I've he- I've heard it from my dad. I've heard it from people who are in the real estate industry. Like no one's buying houses yeah. right now. Um. Oh, it's it's a terrible time for for real estate. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So about half of it is the result of governments kind of, um, you know, investing stimulus, essentially. But the yeah. cool thing with governments is that they can just let, I mean, they can't just print money, but they can certainly print money and... Well, the Fed right, can, or, or and, which is actually not a government organization. Correct. But, you know, and all of the related ones in, in you know, the EU uh-huh. and China, um, typically stimulus is debt that was just created. Um, mm. The other half, you know, roughly, uh, it's about $28 trillion, so not 30 And I think this is where the problem is. It came from businesses. So if Swim University took on debt... Oh, my business? I, I mean, all the businesses, you know, in, in the okay. world. Like small or like, I'm, I'm thinking medium the big Medium and, the big and large. Okay. You know, businesses okay, are taking medium. out debt to buy their own stock 
they're just taking out debt to mm. whatever. Um, yeah, those buybacks, man. Yeah, and and so, um, Bray, Bray Dalio, my, my spirit animal. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. so uh, we're about ten or so years away from the last crisis, and in two thousand eight. I mean, we're about eight or so years from that one in the short-term debt cycle, yeah. as you'd learn in the video from Ray. Uh, it's about mm-hmm. like five to eight years that happens. Mm-hmm. And then the long-term mm-hmm. debt cycle, massive deleveraging, is about 50 to 75 years, every 50 to 75 years. Okay. Um, and so he believes that we're at the end of, we're getting very close to the end of the long-term debt cycle. Um, oh. That would essentially resolve this two hundred and fifty trillion dollars in debt, which obviously something needs to happen to it. You know, right. just what what happens is as debt accumulates, there are debt payments, and there becomes a time when growth is slower than the growth of the payments of the debt, and then obviously that that's like the the tipping point. Um, I am trying to keep up with you. Here. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh. All right, so what does that mean? All of that. What does that all mean for me, man? I want to know what it means for little Maddie, Maddie G so, over here. Um, it means that that this will probably be resolving itself soon, and it, and it'll be different than what we've seen before. You know, no one really knows what it'll be. We could postulate about it, but but I think yeah. the general consensus is that it is coming soon, mm-hmm. and so we should prepare and uh. Now we could take a break. Now that everyone is All severely right. depressed, I need a yeah. break. Yeah. And we're going to come back and we're going to uh, talk about how we can mitigate this for ourselves. And, and me, you, and, and you specifically. specifically. Yes. Oh, thank you. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. We'll be right back. All right, ma'am. Tell me how I can recession proof myself. So, first things first. You want to huh? start? You want to start with just yeah? Me? We'll we'll start with you. Um, <laughs> so uh, first of all, you you shouldn't take any knee jerk reaction. So I know you have money in betterment. You have money in other things. Yep. These are decisions that you made long ago, and there were good decisions when you made them. Leave them. Yep. Okay. Well, hold on. I decided recently to just have betterment control my allocations. Instead of me just setting it mm-hmm. manually, because I, I used to have it set in my brokerage account to ninety ten, and same with my mm-hmm. IRA, and I was like, you know what? Let me. I'm not an expert. I don't have data. Let me let Betterment do that, and I let them automatically, you know, shift the allocations for me. Is that? Is you think that's a good yeah, idea? Sure. Right. I mean, okay. I would certainly get on board with them knowing better than you and having more information than you. Sure. And yeah. It's not your job. I don't want it to be that's why that's why you've hired them essentially good so all right so i'm not touching the ad right you know but okay. going forward you may mm. take a more conservative approach you know um and and obviously handled by betterment's allocation um mm-hmm. you are in your mid-30s yep thank too you late, too late too late dead middle <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. So, so I broke this down by like 15 year increments. So like three main okay. categories. And so we'll talk about you first because you're in the middle. Then we'll talk about okay. the youngins, and then we'll talk about yep the oldins. <laughs> um, so so you're in your mid career, and 
if I had to just you know lick my t- my lick my finger, stick it in the air, <laughs> I would I would postulate that you have an overinflated lifestyle. Uh, Last yeah. ten years have been good. This is this is kind of yeah. a of our age type thing. Um, yeah. So that I think is your biggest risk is you're you're living perhaps beyond my means, or even if you're living within your means. If your if your means were to drastically change, that would yeah. be a very difficult thing, and then you certainly mm-hmm. wouldn't be prepared. So the easiest way to prepare is to right size things a bit, spend less. Yeah, and you could start to mm-hmm. develop a cash hoard. Okay, so uh, I have I have absolutely started doing that. Good, and then like do it more. Thank you. <laughs> okay, I am trying my. I'm trying as hard and as fast as so, possible. So you should be ruthlessly uh, efficient with your expenses. I think. Yep. Um, in business and yeah, personal? I mean that's all your. It's all, all right, your because I've been super ruth. I've been super ruthless with my business and uh, probably equally as ruthless with my personal life. It's like over this. That was like the first thing I did in January. Good. Over this yeah. year. Listen, my marriage has like made a little bit less money and less money because I've been focusing on other things. But we've been taking more because I've just been cutting, like cut, cut, cut. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so one ruthless expenses. Uh, I think that um, you should still be investing, but there are investments that you can make that are uh, less risky. Um, and for example, for, uh, so. Bonds or something like Betterment okay. Smart Saver will earn you money yep. while you can perhaps sit and wait. And the thing is, because you're in this like middle tier, you know, uh, you still have a long ways left in your career. Sure. You have enough time to take advantage of awesome opportunities. And so, if say you saved money by reducing your expenses, put it in something yep. like Betterment Smart Saver. Mm-hmm. When the other shoe drops. And things look terrible. You, you yep, get super low. Right, you can buy things that make sense, and you'll have enough time mm-hmm. fifteen years or more, more than fifteen years for you to grow um, yeah. and take advantage in the next bull market. Right. Cool. So it would be like investing in two thousand eight, like a whole lump sum right. of money. Um, yeah. Look where you would be right now. Exactly. And so right. one one more thing that doesn't necessarily apply to you, but I think it is super important, is right now that like we have the lowest unemployment we've had in a very long time. You know, and there's a ton of work to be done at companies, and just the nature of, of how it is, there there tend to be these voids, like work that needs to be done but no one's doing them. And you know, often they'll be mm-hmm. collected together and you'll hire someone as someone in their mid career. You should be filling those voids, making yourself indispensable, and and perhaps going across disciplines. Like you maybe were hired to do this one thing, you sh- learn something right else. because you have been yeah. working for a while. You are experienced, you know. And while mm-hmm. you may not work the hours of someone in their early career, you are more efficient, and you are you have more experience. Right. So you should put yourself in a position now that you would not be one of the ones laid off yeah. should it come to that. Make your job recession-proof, basically. Right. Yeah. And that's, yeah, bas- yeah. So become indispensable. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's good advice. 
can we talk about our millennial friends? And I know that uh, I am technically <laughs> a millennial, but like at the fucking tail end, I'm more of a uh, what they call a zenial. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I will. Well, yeah, let's talk All about right. them. So um, the biggest risk for for these people, and and I'm, this has been an unfortunate theme through their lives. Uh, job loss. Yes. First, I couldn't get a job. Now they finally got right. a job, but they are now, now the least experienced people You're in right. the company. First come, first in, first right. out. And so, yeah, that happened to me in 2008 because I, I, yeah, I was the young. So in remember then. how it felt then. And so, you know, mm-hmm. same things to the mid-career people can apply. You know, filling voids and trying to make yourself indispensable. But uh, I think there's a few uh, other ways to look at it. So we have a year, maybe two years, and you might not have been working at your job long. Perhaps now is a time to move to a place that will respect you or that you could grow in or, or that you can do better in. I'll be honest. I think we have a year. Mm. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be waiting until – I wouldn't be wait. I wouldn't be taking this year off and going, oh, well, I got another year. This is it. Oh, I don't mean take a year off. 2019. I mean, oh, okay. So you think it's in 2019? Oh, I think in 2019, yeah. I think this is the year. Or, or, or like very early 2000 or 2020. It's my gut. I, I, I have a super gut feeling that April is going to be something. It's tax season. That's what it's going to be. So so maybe oh, that yeah. will be it. <laughs> Everyone will be like, they won't maybe. be able to pay Who their knows? taxes. Who um, I think that you either are, as a millennial, you're at a place. Mm-hmm in a company that you can grow it and they respect you and then you can bust your ass yeah. and try your hardest to perhaps fill a more mid-career type view with you know um sure. or just be more right, indispensable jump, jump to another place but i think now more than ever you need to take control of your income and look to build other income streams and and perhaps not look to build this super long-term business you know, that will pay off in three years, but maybe something that is more, uh, smells more like a side hustle and can bring in money now. Um, hmm. You know, uh, Monopoly came out with an edition called the Mille- Mon- Monopoly for Millennials. Go on. <laughs> and you can actually do side hustles really? and you can earn experience points. That's yeah, it's awesome. super weird. It's it's like the first the first square like Baltic Avenue is like your parents' basement. You <laughs> basement. It's pretty it's pretty it's pretty like cutthroat to millennials, but mm. yeah. Anyway, you can do side hustles. You can have like cards that you pull for like earning money on your side hustle. It's provided your parents give uh, you a good deal on their basement. <laughs> I just hate the word side hustle. Yeah. You know, look like side side job. Yeah, like side business. You know how to write? We. We we yeah. uh, we pay so, writers. Freelance. You you pay writers. If you knew how to, if you yeah. know design, there are people who need designers. Um, yep. Don't rely on one source of income. Super dangerous. VAs, assistant, being just a uh, virtual assistant. Yeah. There's a lot of money in that. I mean, I desperately need help. That is a story for another time. But yeah. uh, and I think one other thing, and take that cash too, and like and and hoard it basically. For an opportunity in an opportunity fund, right? So, so if you listen okay. to the uh, personal finance blueprint 2.0 episode we did, I don't know five or yeah. so ago, we talked. To- yeah, I've been following that by the way. Like, yeah, T-T. awesome, totally. Got an opportunity fund, got an emergency fund, 
Got my IRA. Got Dude, my brokerage. You're gonna be on top of got the world when everyone else is crying. <laughs> I'm on top of the world. Uh, yeah. We talk about working capital, which is like you know, should you lose your job or whatever. It's not your emergency yeah. fund. It's the money you keep in cash to cover your expenses. We talk about it mm. being three, maybe six months worth. And as yeah, a millennial, right. you should look to move that to like six to nine months, um, because the the reality is you're you're definitely going to be affected, maybe more than most. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing: if you aggressively save all this money. Right. And and let's say a recession doesn't happen or it's not that bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a ton of fucking cash. Yeah. <laughs> like there's nothing. There's no downside. Right. Either you're prepared or, oh, shit, I got a ton of cash and maybe it's an opportunity when the recession's low, but you didn't l- lose your job. You can start pumping that money into buying cheap ass, you know, stocks or whatever or bonds or whatever. And I, th- I think that's the thing is that there could really be no bad that that comes out of it. There's no, there's no bad from, from, from hoarding cash. Mm. There's just no bad. Look, you're bi- besides you can't go out and um, you know have fancy dinners. True. Or if or there are any restaurants sh- open in, in the uh, apocalypse. <laughs> oh god, <laughs> uh, they're not open in our street. That, fucking closing. And I don't know if you remember when you were young. I mean, it was so long ago. Yeah, no, I don't. I'm super old. I don't remember. But during it. that uh, time, yeah. you built your business. That is now like your mm-hmm. life. Uh, oh, that's right. I did do and, that. And, now yeah. I remember. And so, and like, I look back at these things I did. And I can't even imagine that I did these things mm. because when you're young, you just could like, you don't have to sleep as much. I don't know. You have a work ethic. If if you're yep. a millennial, like now is your time to take advantage of that work ethic yeah. because totally. you can't when you're 30. You just, you need to sleep more. <laughs> All right. Well, what about when you're 50 or 60 or Getting close to retired. So um, the good news is that you've been hopefully – I mean if you're planning to retire or retired, you have saved a ton of money. And so um, you you won't be – Maybe. Right, maybe. Um, hopefully. You won't be immediately affected. You know What will essentially happen is like as you draw down your retirement, um, if you have a smaller amount, it becomes a bigger percentage. So it will maybe – shrink the length of your retirement but it's not like a fire drill for you you know it's not some urgent thing um but you could start to do things so that like uh you can invest in things like real estate or fundrise or the dividend aristocrats that will bring in income because you're saying do that now i mean they they, before the yeah so before the recession so um if you look at something, you, you'll, you'll never know, like, what will happen, right? Like, if, if your yeah, rental properties right. will have tenants or, or whatever. Sure. Which mine right. do not. And, you know, uh, we – well, because you bought yours at the peak. Um, yeah. This, this could be the peak. I don't know. But, you know, I wouldn't even right. say, like, the date matters. I literally built mm-hmm. a financial model calculator – at simplewealth.co, there's a free trial built into there. Go, plug. It'll tell you if your rental property is profitable. Anyways, that is not the only way to do it. Bonds, pay interest. Um, you should basically look to perhaps generate money, um, maybe convert some of your hobbies into gentle businesses that match your lifestyle. Um, and if you haven't retired... 
And for whatever reason, you get offered a package to leave. Take take that take shit. It? Yeah. Why? <laughs> because getting paid to leave is far better than getting fired or laid off. Fair mm. enough. But if you can collect unemployment, that's also getting paid to leave, right? Yeah. I mean, so. unemployment's not that great. All right. Well, what else can I do? Is there anything else? Um, I, I think, uh, you know, obviously reducing expenses as well. Um, yeah. I guess an overall, like for all of us, no matter the mm-hmm. age, what are the core things that we should be doing? I mean, it sounds like you're right. The first thing you mentioned, ruthlessly cutting expenses. Set up like a weekly budget. Monthly is too long of a period of time. You know, you know, I heard mm-hmm. something. Uh, it was a quote. It was in a book I read recently, and it was, if you have a lot of money, you don't need to budget. That's bullshit. Yeah, you don't like no, that? No, because. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I have so much money that I don't need to budget. I, I, but my point, I guess I, I mean that in a very positive thing because it's like if you are ruthlessly saving and you have low expenses – then, then there's a lot of things that you can do with your money that you don't have to worry about. Are you going to be able to make your next, you know, meal or your next uh, I, credit I card payment? Because so if you have not mm-hmm. a dollar to your name, you literally have nothing to lose. You have nothing. So what? What are you? What could you possibly sure. lose? And as time progresses and you accumulate wealth, and then and then you you, you know lose. you have this like nice place and you're on your twentieth batch of a beer called brunch, right? Um, yep. You might have quite a bit to lose. And so. But not if you have a huge buffer. Right. You know, it's like it's if you have a huge buffer, it would be cash, more painful for you saying. to lose something than for some for you to totally your fall will hurt more. Understood. But if I have a large sum of cash that acts as a buffer for when I do get punched, you know, like financially mm. punched. At least I'll be able to absorb it. Exactly. And I will lose a lot of cash, but I may not lose a lifestyle. Right. Is sort of the point of and that. Perhaps and perhaps you can be revising your lifestyle a little bit. I, I 100% agree. I think uh, I've in 2019, I've been very adamant about cutting my personal and my business expenses to the bone. I mean, I, if it ain't, if I, if I don't need it or it's not making me money or it's not bringing me joy or happiness, like I'm fucking selling that mm. shit. Because I have I have shit in this house that I'm just selling while they're still buyers you know? for yeah while they're still buyers yeah we just sold a um, an entertainment center last night on Craigslist it's like mm. get it out you know we already had an entertainment center we just put the TV somewhere else on something that already existed now we made twenty five bucks not a huge it's not going to go towards a, a retirement fund or whatever but this idea that like we're just like ruthlessly cutting expenses while remaining uh, happy and not like deteriorating our lifestyle right. You know what I mean? Uh, and it's really just about, I mean, like, there's that show on Netflix, which I haven't watched, but Steph watched it and said, well, eh, it's all right. Uh, it's like that, the, that, the joy of tidying up or whatever that book is that's really mm. popular. Um, she has a show on Netflix now where they go into people's houses and they, like, basically, like, rearrange all their shit and make them, you know, sell a lot of their stuff and watch that show. I mean, it's, I heard it's not great reality television, but it's still probably pretty helpful. And that book is, like, number one bestseller. And you can just ruthlessly cut down on what you have. 
you know, you can live that minimalist lifestyle and and you and, don't have to save. you don't have to do without the things that you love. But you, no. I, we'd all be lying to ourselves. It wasn't a ton of expenses that we had that weren't necessities or things that we even really loved. It was just or or use all the time. Like they're just things that I just don't use every day, and it's like. Well, why am I paying for that every single month? Let me just pay for it the months that so I need it. So a trick that, that Laura and I have used a couple times and, and for various reasons is you, quote unquote, lose your credit card. You call your credit card company. Yeah, right. I lost, I lost oh, my card. Oh, yes. So they have to give you a new number and have to send you a new yep. card. Kind of a pain in the ass. You have to log into Netflix or whatever and add it back in. Sure. But all of these. But it cancels all the All the barnacles you... and whatever. And sometimes you just might mm-hmm. not sign up for things. Actually, we wanted to cancel uh, our, I think we had like, it was Shutterfly or Shutterstock. And Something. They, yeah. you can't cancel online. You have to call them. It's like $29 a Fuck month. That. And I, I actually did. I called them. And the lady said that we had six months or whatever left on the thing. And that she can't cancel it because, you know, we agreed to this. And I Bullshit. and I was like, you know, I was hoping I already made the call. I was hoping that was it. So then I hung up and called the credit card company and told them I lost the card. And it turns out my contract with Shutterstock was over right after that call. Oof. Yep. Gyms. Dude. That's a great way to get out of gyms. Yep. You don't owe them anything. Excellent. No. No. Um, yeah, I, that's what I would say that if I learned anything from this, it's like ruthlessly cut expenses, hoard cash. There's nothing bad to come out of it. Continue to make your investments. Strengthen your your work situation, your income situation. Yeah. Okay. Right. Don't make knee jerk reactions. Yeah. Solidify yourself in your job place. What do we do? I'm building new things and businesses like my pants are on fire. Um, yeah. Laura and I, we have been hoarding cash. And yeah. I, I don't know that's, when that's what and did. what will happen. Uh, and hopefully it's a six-month recession or freaking one yeah. quarter, three-month recession. That'd mm. be great. Just a nice little correction. Yeah. That's what we're hoping for. But if it's any longer than that, we want to be but right. again, we're, nothing bad is happening now. We're just we're just preparing. Nope. There you go. Anything else you want to say before we go? We'll we'll talk about something lighter next week. <laughs> Good. Well, cheers to the future. If you missed anything, we have everything in the show notes, of course. Either check your preferred podcast app or visit listenmoneymatters.com slash show. I have to do that every single time to make sure I get that right. Please subscribe wherever you normally listen to podcasts, and please tell your friends about us. Point them to your favorite episodes, and hopefully they'll become a subscriber too. I highly recommend you point them to this fucking episode. <laughs> do it. All right, I didn't mean. When we'll have much, all these graphs in the show notes and stuff. Yeah. Oh, it'll be great. Oh, it'll be fantastic. <laughs> Links to everything. If you have any questions, if you have any questions or topics that you'd like us to talk about on future episodes of this show or this show in general, please email us at listenmoneymatters at gmail.com. And all the tools and resources we normally mention on this show are available at listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox. Andrew, Yo. here's to 2019. Tighten in the belt. Let's hoard some let's tighten the belt, hoard some cash, and let's rush. Recession proved the shit out of ourselves. Cheers. Later, man.
please tell your friends about this show. <laughs>